0: Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed.
1: Good morning, church family. It's Pastor Chris, and I wanted to take a moment to introduce our preacher uh, for this morning. Our preacher is the Reverend Dr. Jan Davis. She is an ordained elder in the Arkansas Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. But before that, she served 25 years here in the North Texas Annual Conference at a uh, small church in Sachse, then a really large church in Plano. And then she ended up at Rowlett First United Methodist Church just down the road. In Rowlett, Texas. In 2011, when I was fully ordained as an elder in our annual conference, I got to serve as one of uh, Dr. Davis's uh, associate pastors there in Rowlett and enjoyed uh, the ministry that we did together. In 2016, she was appointed to Central United Methodist Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, Central Fayetteville is currently one of the fastest growing large United Methodist churches, and it's the only one that is pastored by a woman senior pastor. Uh, Reverend uh, Davis will be uh, preaching from their historic sanctuary, which is 187 years old but central also has a couple of other campuses one called genesis church which is in a lower socioeconomic area of Fayetteville and they also are sponsors of the university of arkansas wesley foundation there at the university of arkansas i know you will be blessed by uh, dr davis's sermon and Tracy and i look forward to being back with you soon be blessed
0: you open your Bibles to First Peter chapter 2 verses 2 to 10. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit. God, we gather in many different places, but each of us seeks a word from you. We seek a word of life. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. In early March, I traveled to Ohio. Early March seems like a decade ago. March 10th through 12th, I was in West Ohio. I was asked to be the keynote speaker at an annual conference event of church development. And while I was there, my host, the conference director of church development, took us around all over Dayton and Cincinnati and Columbus, and we toured many different churches. I love touring churches. It's one of the things I love to do. I love to see different church buildings. I enjoy the variety of architecture, different chancel designs, beautiful stained glass windows from all different eras, different sanctuary interiors. And I like to see how they organize their gathering space. Over three days, March 10th through 12th, we went to many different churches. Some were small, some were large, enormous. Some were old, maybe 200 years old, and some were just built, brand new. Some were very humble and modest, and some were grand and even ostentatious. And some were made of concrete and steel and glass and wood and brick, and some were made of ancient Ohio quarried stone, beautiful stone structures. Every church is a temple, a temple, a stone temple, a temple where God is present, God is worshipped, a place where God dwells. Now I left Ohio on March 12th. It was the day that COVID-19 was declared a global pandemic. And as I flew out of Dayton and into Chicago and into Northwest Arkansas, things were just about to change completely. And church life, my life was about to change. And ever since that day, March 12th, when I left Ohio, all of these churches, these stone temples have remained empty. All over the world, churches are empty. It's estimated, listen to this, it's estimated there are 37 million individual churches throughout the world. And nearly all of them have some sort of structure that they gather into worship. And they're all empty. From St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, Italy, to Kumnan Methodist Church in Seoul, South Korea, the largest Methodist church in the world, from Washington's National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., to Saddleback Church in Southern California, these churches, they're empty and void and silent. They are useless. They are lifeless stone structures that will deteriorate at some point. Now we're gonna go into the book of First Peter. First Peter chapter two and what Peter says, I want to compare these lifeless stone structures that throughout the world are empty to what Peter calls living stones. And Peter says Jesus is a living stone. And then he also says that we are living stones. So open your Bibles to 1 Peter. Leave them over to chapter 2. We're going to go deep into this text. 1 Peter first says that Jesus is the living stone. Jesus is the rock of our destiny, the rock of salvation. Let's look at verse 4. 1 Peter 2, 4. Come to Jesus Christ. He is the living stone people have rejected, but which God has highly chosen and highly honored. Which God has chosen and highly honored. We are all invited to come to Jesus Christ. He is the living stone. He's not a stone that is physical. He is a person, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And we are all invited to come. And secondly, Peter says that Jesus is the cornerstone. Now, cornerstone in ancient construction was a chosen, chosen rock, it was perfectly hewn and it was chosen because because of its perfection. It was a 90 degree angle and it was placed in the corner of the foundation of the structure and it was the basis of the entire building. Everything was based on where that cornerstone was placed and built up and the sides and the walls were built from there. It provided stability and longevity to the structure. Now Peter, let's look at verse 6, he quotes Old Testament prophecy to tell about Jesus as the cornerstone. 1 Peter 2, 6, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. For in scripture, Isaiah, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. God himself lays the cornerstone in Zion. Zion, the place of the temple. Mount Zion is where Jerusalem is and where the temple of God is built. And God himself lays a cornerstone, Jesus, in Zion to build an entirely new structure, a new temple that will rise up. Jesus is the living stone. Jesus is the cornerstone. Then Peter says also Jesus is the rejected stone. Again, he quotes Old Testament prophecy. Let's look at verse 7. He's quoting Psalm 118, verse 22. 1 Peter 7. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. There's an interesting play of words in the original Hebrew between the words "son" and "stone." In Hebrew, the word "son" is "ben." And in Hebrew, the word "stone" is Eben." So this living stone is also the living son." The stone that was rejected became the cornerstone. Jewish leaders rejected the Son of God. And he became the basis for everything. He became the most important in all the structure. Psalm 118 goes on to say, it says the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And then verse 23 says, the Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus also is, number four, a stumbling stone. Let's go to verse 8. First Peter 2.8 is quoting another Old Testament prophecy, Isaiah 8.14, a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Jesus, the rock of destiny, Those who believe that he is the Son of God see him as precious. This is our salvation. But those who doubt or reject, it is the essence of their fall. Jesus, the rock, is like an immovable obstacle in our path of life. And those that try to circumvent it, that try to go around, that try to deny, eventually will stumble and fall. People continue to stumble over the gospel message. People continue to deny who Jesus Christ really is, refuse to believe that this is the Son of God, the Messiah who suffered and died, was crucified, and is risen, and sits on the right hand of God, and is the way, the truth, and the life, that the only way to the Father is through the Son. This seems like foolishness to many in the world. Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23 it says, we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. That Jesus is this stone, the rejected cornerstone, a stumbling block in the living stone of our salvation. And then Peter goes on to say that we are stones. We who have come to the living stone, we are becoming stones. We're becoming living stones. First Peter 2, verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The temple in the first century was an extremely important part for Jewish and also Jewish Christians. The temple on Mount Zion was an amazing, impressive structure, unfathomable was destroyed in 70 AD and remains destroyed today. But the temple on Mount Zion was the central institution. It was the identity for Jewish Christians. It was where God's presence dwelled, where the worship of God occurred and where the teaching was authoritative. This enormous architectural wonder, I can't even imagine what it must have looked like. Here's some statistics. The Temple Mount Plaza was 172,000 square yards, just the the surface. That's, That's 29 football fields. Dimensions are staggering from the south to the north, to the east, to the west, all of the different walls, and the walls were 10 stories tall. The stones that made the walls and some of them still re- remain today uh, broken and in pieces. The stones each weighed between two and five tons. It's amazing how they must have built it. So Peter's writing to exiled Jewish Christians that are now in Asia Minor because of the dispersion where modern day Turkey is. They are far away from the temple, from their identity. And not only that, but they are living in pagan country. They live amongst those who worship idols and false gods. And there are many pagan temples and pagan shrines and places of sacrifice to idols all around them. But the little sect of Christians who are persecuted, they have no buildings, they have no shrines, they have no arch, they have no place to go. They gather in homes. They sit around in one another's homes, and they worship God. They're with their close friends and their family, and they sing songs, and they pray, and they take the bread and break it and feed it to one another, and they take the cup, and they remember the sacrifice sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and they eat the bread and drink the cup, and God is with them. They're like us. We are exiled from our beautiful structures, our buildings. We cannot gather, but we gather in homes, the dwelling place of God. The Christians who had no temple, Peter says, are becoming a living temple. Let's look at verse 5 again. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a living temple of the Holy God. And and the scripture says you are being built. It doesn't say build a spiritual house. It says you are being built into a spiritual house. If I heard the words build a spiritual house, I know what to do. I love doing that. I'm thinking of capital campaigns and building committee, and hiring an architect, and a general contractor, but no, the Bible says you are being built. God is building you into a dwelling place, not a construction of brick and mortar, a living temple where God is present and God is worshiped. We do not need buildings. We are part of a new temple a new temple that stretches, is connected across the world and across generations. This is the temple that matters to God. Ephesians 2. Let's look at Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. I miss worshiping with all of you. I can't wait to get back to corporate worship we can be with one another. But I have to admit, and I know many of you have told me as well, that um, I've I've enjoyed this pre-recorded online worship service on Sunday mornings. And I have to say I'm very impressed and I'm very thankful for our creative team and all they've done to produce the, the quality product that we've been able to provide. The first time I saw There there were aerial views of the sanctuary. I thought, when did we get a drone? And I love that part. I get so excited when we kind of like hovering over the sanctuary, and then we go, and we're going to the sanctuary now, and then we kind of hover over the activity center, and then we go and worship in the activity center, contemporary worship, and then we went down to Genesis and hover over Genesis and to see our buildings, to see these structures. That means so much to all of us. It touches my heart. It makes me smile. It makes me happy. To have this bird's eye view of our church. But that is not God's view. When God looks at our church, he does not see buildings. When God looks at our church, he sees a collection of souls, of living stones who are connected together who are working together in unity to love and to serve and to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ as Lord. That's what God sees. And maybe this time of COVID-19, when we are separated from our structures, maybe it is our opportunity to be a living temple, the temple that God created us to be. We worship in many different places this morning, wherever you are. Some of you are not even in the state of Arkansas. We have people that worship online from many places throughout the United States and even some abroad. Wherever you are this morning, maybe you are at home with your family and you're gathered around the coffee table uh, preparing for communion, your, your entire family in the living room. Or maybe you're with your spouse out on the deck or the patio or or in your apartment. Or maybe you are alone. Maybe you're in an assisted living center or a nursing home all by yourself. Maybe you're gathering with the guys at Micah six eight, our supportive housing ministry. A shout out to Micah six eight men, men of God. Maybe you are alone in the hospital or in a prison. They're in a shelter. Wherever you are, you are a temple of the living God. You are the place where God is present. You are the place where God is worshiped. You are the place where God dwells. God is the one who makes you holy, who justifies you and makes you righteous. And God dwells, His Holy Spirit dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6. 19 says you surely know that your body is a temple where the holy spirit lives the spirit is in you and is a gift from god you are no longer your own thanks be to god let us pray holy lord god make us into your spiritual house Make us into your holy temple. And dwell with us always. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.